Ion 2020 episode 257. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, y'all? It's Ray Eaton here, host of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me for the Thursday episode. Uh, just bringing y'all a little bit of information about the 2020 election, but I think I'm going to step away kind of from the 2020 election a little bit, step away from the impeachment trial a little bit, step away from all the, the BS that's going on right now. Uh, I don't know if it's BS. I mean, there's good points on each side. Obviously, they're trying to make their case, but when I look at it, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of like a reality check, right? Where the Senate is not going to vote to impeach Donald Trump. So they're kind of just going through the motions at this point. It's all going to be settled in November. Uh, if the people were convinced that this guy should be impeached, then, they'll, then they won't vote for him. And if they weren't convinced, then they might vote for him. I mean, it's up in the air. It kind of depends upon who the Democrats put up as well. But I'm kind of sick of talking about it. I've been talking about it for three weeks now I took a break from this whole thing during Christmas vacation but I mean I'm just sick of talking about the impeachment so I'm going to get focused on something else today and uh, something that you're not hearing in the news at all because all you're hearing day in and day out is all impeachment all day but you might have caught a little bit of uh you might have caught a little bit of it this week Donald Trump signed into or not signed into law or anything like that but he put together a proposal for Middle East peace. Yep. Something that every president has done, bah, I don't know, probably since World War One. after World War One, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire. Every, you know, like, after the World War One and Ottoman Empire falls, like, the Western powers basically went in and drew up some arbitrary lines of where the borders are going to be for Iraq and Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan, put these different people into place that are going to be the leaders of those countries and you know these are like western backed governments and all that and ever since then and i'm sure before then there was war going on here and war going on there and just like middle east peace has not been established well when the president talks about middle east peace he's talking about israel he's talking about palestine he's talking about that kind of middle east peace right because there's not going to be any peace in the Middle East with American troops sitting over there. There's not going to be any peace in the Middle East with NATO getting involved in everything that goes on over in the Middle East. With us toil like you know, getting our hands tied up with Iran over there and Syria over there and Libya over there and every other, God knows, every other war that we've been putting ourselves into. Like There's not going to be Middle East peace with what's going on in Yemen. As long as we're supporting one side and not supporting another side, there's not going to be Middle East peace because there's always one side that's going to want to have some kind of power. We're supporting the Saudi government who's at odds with the Iranian government. We're supporting Israel who's at odds with every one of its neighbors pretty much. 
most of those countries don't recognize Israel even as a as a as a state. So there's not going to be Middle East peace. But what Donald Trump is talking about when he says Middle East peace is he's talking about this Iran or not Iran, sorry, Israel and Palestine. You know the history. Israel becomes a state in like the late 40s, recognized by every world government except for like the the Middle Eastern governments. So the United Nations recognizes Israel as a state. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're on the map. And during that time, Palestinians were pushed out of Israel, pushed out of Israel and put into their own little area, right? Put into their own little area to become like the world's largest prison camp, essentially. And uh, you have the West Bank and so forth. Palestine. And uh, these people have been trying to have something to return to their like to return to their homes, return to their ancestral homes, return to their areas. Uh, it's an apartheid state, essentially. So even though they're in Israel, they're not really recognized as citizens. They're not given equal rights and things of that nature. You can't have free movement and so forth. Like These people are basically stuck where they're at. Huge amounts of unemployment in these areas as well. So Donald Trump comes up with this Middle East plan, right? This peace in the Middle East plan where the Palestinians are going to get, you know, slowly they're going to get recognized. Slowly they're going to have more autonomy. Slowly they're going to have, like, over time, Israel will back down a little bit. And they're going to sign on to this thing. Israel's not going to go ahead and uh, build more settlements in the West Bank or in places where they're not supposed to be building Israel's gonna you know recognize these people and give them a little bit more like that that's supposedly what it is and on top of that the government the United States government is gonna bring jobs to Palestine they're gonna spend 50 billion dollars over 10 years in Palestine in order to create jobs and create investment create foreign investment into Palestine and so forth like that's the one thing that I wanted to talk to about today because that's good. Like, it's good to talk about Middle East peace. It's good to talk about Palestinians and Israelis getting, you know, working together and stop lobbing bombs to each other and stop, you know, all this all this ruckus that's going on over there. It's, it's good to stop all that. It's good to talk about Middle East peace. I'm sure America recognizes Israel as a country, which is, you know, that's... That's, what, like, that's where this all started at, is when Israel became... A country and Israel basically pushed people out and then uh, started, you know, really just uh, terror, not terrorizing them. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say they're terrorizing because they're basically demolishing people's homes that have been in their families for hundreds of years. Um, they didn't go in there and buy up all this land, they didn't go in there in a peaceful way to deal with the Palestinians. No, it was force. They forced people out. And that's wrong. So these people are in these camps. They're in, you know, they're they're refugee camps and so forth. But over time, these refugee camps have become cities. They really have. There's people in those cities that are living. They're trying to feed their families. They're trying to eat. They're trying to work. But they're not equal with the Israelis. And that's kind of where the problem is. So 
you get these, you know, these so-called terrorist organizations, organizations that pop up and yeah, they're using terrorist tactics and stuff. So you can call them terrorist organizations, but that's the only way that they could fight. Like a terrorist organization on one person's view is a freedom fighter in another person's view in some ways, right? So you have these people that are, you know, lobbing missiles into Israel and doing different things that they're doing in order to try to, uh, a lot of times it was to try to keep their fight front and center. To let people know that, hey, we're here. We're not happy with the situation that we've been forced into. So anyway, Middle East peace. Let's talk about it, right? Um, that's a good thing. You can talk about Middle East peace all you want. That's great. I'm, I'm for them trying to work things out amongst each other. But this is where I'm getting at. $50 billion U.S. investment. We're going to invest, as a country, $50 billion over 10 years into Middle East peace. We're going to invest into these countries or into Palestine in order to help young men get jobs. They say, oh yeah, we're going to create a million jobs over there over the next 10 years so that these young men that are unemployed can go to work. If they have work, if they have jobs, then they won't need to be uncontent you know, or have discontent for their situation. They will be, they'll, they'll be happy if they have a job. They're making money if they're able to earn money. So we're going to invest all this money. And I was thinking about that, and I'm like, a libertarian realizes that central planning of anything does not work. Like, if you have $50 billion that's going to be going into those countries, all of a sudden what happens is that different people, different factions, different groups, different people that have influence over there are going to start trying to figure out and work how to get that money, how to get a piece of that pie, how to get a little bit of that action. So they start using their political connections to make sure that some of that money gets funneled to them. Oh, I'm going to build roads. I'm going to build houses. I'm going to build this. I'm going to build that. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to, we're going to start setting up grants for these types of people. And I, the corruption just starts going on and on and on in that situation. And you don't want, like, if it's centrally planned, you're going to have challenges that arise because of that. Because you're going to have the corruption that goes along with that. Corruption is terrible. Like, that that's what happens in a centrally planned economy. That's what happened in the Soviet Union. That's what happens in North Korea. That's what happens in China. That's what happens in America when they're central planning. In America, I mean, the you have situations where this money is going to these... And just think Boeing for just a few few minutes. They get so much government money. And all of a sudden they're printing airplanes that are falling out of the sky. They can't get the 737 Dreamliner back out there because the people on the inside say that it's just there's just corruption going on. Paying off this FAA inspector, they're paying off this F, you know, these different inspectors that come in. Just think how bad it will be in a place like Palestine. 50 billion dollars in investment, all of a sudden that money is just thrown to the political leaders who are then going to dole that out to their friends and family. And that doesn't solve anything. Yeah, they'll have these little, you know, ribbon cuttings and these ceremonies that go on to show what we're doing for the cameras and all that stuff, but that's $5 billion a year that's just being funneled into different organizations and different groups that are politically connected, and that's it. And we cheer and we rave, and the conservatives, they cheer and they rave over... uh 
this Middle East peace thing because Donald Trump is pushing it. But the reality is, is it's all talk. There's not going to be any action that happens. These people, this is what they think about. My grandmother used to live over there and I can't go over there because some Israelite is living in my house. Some person, some Israeli is living in my house. That's what they're thinking. That's all they're thinking. Look how much poverty I have and it's because of them. It's because we're not treated as equals. That's what they're thinking. Not all of them. But there's the, there's those groups among them that say, you know what? Things are bad because of them. But, I mean, all the, all the things that they're talking about, let's support Middle East peace. That's a, great, that's a great goal to have. But let's get America out of there. That's the first step towards Middle East peace is to bring the troops home, bring the American troops home. The first step, boom. Stop meddling in Libya. Stop meddling in Yemen. Stop having troops in Saudi Arabia. Get troops away from Iraq. Pull them away from Syria. Stop trying to tell Iran what to do. Bring troops home from Afghanistan. Say, you know what? We're going to have a foreign policy of free trade among men. Free trade among nations. That's what we'll do. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to push for Israel to have free trade with the Palestinians. To free up their country. To ha- stop having an apartheid state. Make those people equal. Let them have voting rights. All that stuff that goes along with just the freedom that you should have. And when you do that, then people start investing in that country. You don't need $50 billion of American money going to the politically well-connected. People will invest in that country if it's a good place to invest. People will invest in that area in Palestine if it's a good place to invest. But the safe place is the military-occupied areas of Israel, you know, like where it's protected by, by the government. But if you just free it up, if, hey, you know what, we're going to support you guys. Why don't you guys start trading amongst each other? Why don't you let the people of Palestine have some freedom of movement? And then at that point, you get people living together in peace. I don't have the answer to Middle East peace. There's, it goes a lot deeper than what I could even imagine, I'm sure. But if you guys ever want to listen to a Scott Horton show, on you know, if you're listening to podcasts, like listen to podcasts, check out the Scott Horton show. Check out antiwar.com. Those are places where you can learn a lot more about these things, all right? So that's the, I, the first thing I want to talk about today on the show. Uh, I wanted to get away from the politics. I wanted to get away from the the uh, impeachment. It was just driving me crazy listening to this, man. I was just absolutely going, I mean, I'm listening to it on the radio all day. I just flip through and I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to music. You know, I go from the hip-hop station <laughs> over to the lithium station over you know the grunge station over to the i mean just different stations i listen to all day country music because i'm a person that loves all kinds of music from the 20s right up until the modern you know modern music i like different types of music I like rap i like hip-hop i like r&b i like country music i like everything i mean just i like 90s grunge i like 80s rock i like 70s and I love 60s late 60s folk music like it's just something I do but uh, I always end up going back to that damn Fox News while they're playing this stupid impeachment hearing and I just I'll get zoned out and I'll listen to it for like an hour 
and then an hour goes by and another hour goes by and I'm just sitting there listening and listening and I'm just like it's the same argument made over and over again it just drives me absolutely crazy so I had to get away from talking about that on the show today so I'm not going to bore you with impeachment talk any longer I'm going to move on to my next topic that I wanted to talk about today and that was the um, something else you're never hearing in the news over the last couple of days something else that you're not going to be hearing in the news because of the sleight of hand that the politicians are doing so that you don't notice these things the federal government is spending way more than it takes in guys the federal government your federal government in the United States takes in about 3.6 trillion dollars per year and that's in tax revenue that's in from the tariffs just the taxes that they take in the revenue comes in it's 3.6 trillion dollars a year that's 3.6 trillion dollars taken out of the economy and put into the hands of people who argue and fight in the house and the senate about the most stupid crap who are just trying to get reelected. 3.6 trillion dollars go into people who just want to get reelected. So they're going to do whatever they can with that money to make sure that their political party stays in power. Republicans, Democrats, they want to stay in power. So they're going to dole out that 3.6 trillion dollars that comes in. They're going to give tax breaks to this company and that company or promise contracts to this company or that company whether it's in the war or whether it's in medicine or whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in this or whether it's in that make sure that they can give the right tax breaks to this company or give contracts that they're going to spend this money with that company in order to make sure that they stay elected and their party stays in power that's their 3.6 trillion dollars in tax money that's coming in but it's worse it's worse than that you also have one trillion dollar in deficit spending predicted this year the cbo said it it's a new new article i just found that they're saying that the federal government is going to spend 4.6 trillion dollars this year and that's what the politicians up there are doing they're fighting right now trying to get their guy into power or keep their guy into power in in power so that that money keeps flowing to the right places to the places for that their politically connected people will get it and that's it 4.6 trillion dollars being spent this year until september 30th so the fiscal year starts october 1st so it already started and it ends september 30th and the federal government is going to spend 4.6 trillion dollars and a trillion of dot that is going to be deficit spending. They haven't had a trillion dollar deficit since 2012 at the height of the uh, financial crisis. A trillion dollar deficit, guys. Last year's deficit, $9.8 billion. This year's deficit is going to be like $1.02 trillion. That's a lot of money that's being spent. And it's not your money. It's not taxed money. It's money that's borrowed from China, from elsewhere. From selling of bonds and things of that nature. A trillion dollars. So right now the federal deficit is like around $22 trillion. So by September it'll be $23 trillion. And they don't see the spending going down. Because over the next 10 years they're saying that 
the cost of Medicare is going to double from eight, I think it's like $8 billion now to like $1.7 trillion over the next 10 years. The next 10 years, Social Security spending is going to double as well. So they're not going to be able to cut spending in order to get that deficit down. It's just going to continue to grow. There's no way around it. There really is not. So where does that leave Americans, right? Because we're going to be poorer because of that. The government's going to continue to have to take out more and more money from the economy in order to fill its fill its obligations. So they're going to have to raise taxes or they're going to have to borrow more. But that borrowed money eventually has to get paid back. That borrowed money eventually becomes money that's being paid to service that debt. Right now, I think they pay $4 billion or $400 billion a year to service the debt on that $22 trillion. When does that become a trillion dollars in servicing of the debt? How long does that take? When we get to $100 billion? Or $100 trillion in debt? Are we spending a trillion dollars a year to service it or more? $2 trillion? And the government's taking in $5 trillion by that point, maybe? So we're spending half the, half the revenue that they're taking in on servicing the debt, eventually it's got to get paid back. But we get poor because of it. The government spends $4.6 trillion. That that perverts the, the economy in the first place because that's money that's being siphoned from the American people for, you know, $3.6 trillion plus the trillion dollars that's being borrowed is money that cannot be put into the economy because it's going to the federal government. And then it goes out there and gets spent. So $4.6 trillion is being spent. That causes the prices of everything else that you buy to go up when the government's out there spending that much money. So it makes you poorer when the government spends more. So think about that. Think about that stuff, guys. We need to start changing the culture. I've said this so many times in the past on this show. We need to start changing the culture of Americans. We need to start changing the expectations that we have of our government when a politician says I'm going to do this and I'm going to promise that and if you vote for me I'm going to get free health care I'm going to get free medicine and I'm going to get free Medicare and I'm going to get free college education we're going to get free child care and all this stuff that promises after promises the pandering that they do we need to laugh at them we need to look at them and laugh at them and let them know that that's not even possible. But too many Americans have their hands out trying to get a little bit more. Too many Americans are trying to get their tax break. Which is fine. The tax breaks are great. Go for your tax breaks. Pay less in taxes. Pay as little as taxes as you can. But then you have too many other companies and Americans and corporations that are trying to get their piece of that $4.6 trillion. Don't give us less than we got last year. Oh, cut our budget by 10%? No, we can't do that. Uh Uh-uh. Cut my pay? Fire somebody? Lay off federal employees? Nope, can't do that. (coughs) Can't do that. That's not going to happen. Got to make sure that we raise that budget by 10% every year. So this year it's $4.6 trillion. Next year it'll be four point. Six five trillion. The year after that'll be four point seven trillion. Let's get up to five trillion. We gotta get there fast. We gotta spend more money. Can't cut. No, 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 no. We can't do that. 
But the only way that the federal government gets money is through taxes, through borrowing, or through printing. At what point do they just start printing the money? They've already done that through the Federal Reserve already. But what, what point does it just go crazy? What, what point does all of that catch up to you and you have massive inflation? That's what we're going to be looking at. That's what we're going to be looking at ultimately. The lucky thing is, is that we're in a deflationary period because all the retirees that are retiring, those people that used to spend a lot of money every year, they're starting to buckle down. They're starting to save for retirement, not save for retirement, save their retirement money. They're living on fixed incomes. So they're not spending, they go from spending, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 a year to spending $35,000 a year. It causes deflation. But all that money that's being pumped into the economy is causing inflation. So it's kind of, evening itself out in some way that's like massive inflation but as soon as those people like let's say they start passing away their baby boomers start passing away and stuff you know they're saying like by 2027 is when you'll start seeing the inflationary period happening again because the millennials are starting to get into their prime buying cycle maybe a little bit later than that because of the college debt that they've racked up but you've already seen inflation in college education seen inflation in medical expenses and stuff like that because that's where people are spending a ton of money on medicine but the millennials are growing up and they're starting to go to college as well but yeah we're in a deflationary cycle on the on the other stuff and the reason why is because of the baby boomers that are just they're starting to retire there's 10,000 retiring a day 360 what is that 3.6 million per year It'll go on like that until about 2025, 2026, I think is what the numbers say. And at that point, no longer are they retiring, but they're not spending as much money. And they have all this money in savings that's just sitting there. When you have a lot of money just sitting there in savings, they're not spending it. They're saving it. They're sitting on it. When you have that much money, it causes interest rates to stay down, right? And that's, that, that's the situation sort of that we're in. I'm no economic genius by any means but those are you know that's a good thing but over time if we keep spending money like this man if the federal government keeps on going on the way that it is you're gonna see inflation because they're gonna start printing money left and right and at that point at that point all that wealth that's saved by those retirees that's a tax on their wealth guys it is inflation is a tax on saved wealth yeah, it's going to kill those people, and they're going to be all dependent upon the federal government even more. And the federal government steps in and says, you know, we created the fire, and we're going to put it out. And they create more fires by doing that. So it's just a, it's a sorry situation. The politicians, though, they're not going to act on this. They're not ever going to act on this because they have to get reelected. They don't touch the third rail in politics, the Medicare, Medicaid... Social Security, they do not touch the entitlement spending for nothing. They will not do that because it will make sure that they don't get reelected. But that is the issue. That is the issue. That's where the major spending is going to be over the next couple of years. Then you have the military on top of that. That continues to grow. Donald Trump continues to brag about how he is increasing the budget of the military so much we're the biggest and the baddest military in the entire world and all that yeah those are things i mean we need to it needs to be buckled down but the way that we do that how do we do it we demand it from the politicians or else they're not going to do anything they won't 
unless it's demand, unless we change the expectations we have. And that starts with you telling your friends about limited government and just the things that you, that we just talked about in this show with the national debt and things like that. Educate people. Let them know what's going on. If you want to send them to the show, that's great. I'd love to talk to them more as well. I'd love to hear them listen. I'd love to hear what you have to say about the show as well. And, you know, but yeah, talk, tell your friends about the show. Maybe I can help to convert some of those people over towards more limited government type view. That's, that, that's always been my goal. Maybe you can talk to them about that as well. Help them to see the light. That would be great. And at that point, we could start changing the culture, changing the way that people think about their government, the expectations they have. And then at that point, we start getting better politicians that promise less. And demand, you know, we demand that of them. If we demand it of them, they'll do it. Because all they care about is getting reelected. And that's it. So if getting reelected depended upon them being fiscally conservative, being somebody that's going to cut budgets, that's going to act in a way that is fiscally responsible, if that's what we, if that's what gets them reelected, they will do it. Because that's what they care about. And that's it. So, hey, guys, I appreciate you joining me. Iontheempire.com is the website you can check me out at. You can also check me out as um, I on the Empire is on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, you know, but the best thing I always say, man, I appreciate it if you guys give me a five-star rating and review. Five-star ratings really do help out the show to be shown on Apple iTunes. So if you have an iPod or an iPad or a, or a um, Apple phone, an iPhone, like I do, go ahead and hop onto the app. Give me a five-star rating. Give me a review. Positive reviews are always helpful. And then uh, keep on coming back, though. Monday through Monday, or excuse me, Monday and Thursday, I'm doing this show now. You guys know that by now, I'm sure, that I'm only doing the two days a week. And uh, I appreciate you coming back, though, each Monday and each Thursday when you listen. Uh, yeah, but go ahead and come on back Monday so you can have clear vision for 2020.